0: Sherry Fragon and Doug Connolly work for Taylor Fragon Capital Management. All opinions expressed should not be relied upon for your individual investment advice. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Taylor Fragon Capital Management and its clients may maintain positions with securities discussed. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Taylor Fragon Capital Management. If you are a Taylor Fragon client, please remember to contact Taylor Fragon in writing if there are any changes in your personal financial situation or investment objectives for the purpose of reviewing, evaluating, or revising our previous recommendations and/or services, or if you would like to impose, add, or to modify any reasonable restrictions to our investment advisory services. A copy of Taylor for Gone Capital Management's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request.
1: It is long only podcast time again. I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. Jerry, how's it going? Good. How's it going? Do I know? Yes. You know? I know. You've seen how much I've been in the office. More importantly, how much I've not been in the office.
2: I'm not going to comment.
1: Though. I'm reminded of a story. Look, our podcast schedule Tell is all me messed story. up. Okay, our podcast podcast schedule is all messed up.
2: What's that? What movie is that? Tell me a story.
1: That's um. Oh, I don't know.
2: What movie? It was Eddie Murphy and Pluto Nash. No, oh. it was the one with Nick Nolte. Now I can't remember the name of the movie. Eddie Eddie Murphy and Eddie Nick? Murphy and Nick Nolte in. Um... He was like... Oh, like, Trading Places. Trading no, pla- no, 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 trading no trading 48 hours.
1: 48 hours. 40 there hours. you go. Yep. Okay. Tell
2: me a story. Anyway, go I ahead. Got you. Tell me
1: a story. Well, so as you might know, my wife encountered a little bit of pregnancy complications, and so it's affected things here at the, the mothership. And... Uh, all is well, however. All is well, yes. everyone's. Good, but, you know, these things happen when you have your sixth kid, uh, seventh pregnancy. So, uh, and... We are uh, you know, dealing with it. everyone's great. So that's good. And and every and so I've been, you guys are giving me a lot of leeway to do everything I need to do, which is awesome. Friends, family stepping up. It's it's good. But I'm having to switch gears a lot. And so I'm probably, you know, that's that's the that's the pain. I'm not necessarily overworked, just switching gears from one thing to another. And I'm reminded I heard the founder, one of the founders of South by Southwest speak um austin, lewis black the austin yeah thing. when i was yeah. when i was in college lewis black's his name i'm certain he has nothing in common with either of us uh, i think he's seized but anyway
2: fortunately that's not something he has in common
1: <laughs> yes exactly that's, we're we are very much alive and he was talking about the early days of getting this like here in phoenix with the like, phoenix new times which is the you know liberal weekly mm-hmm. entertainment rag and then in austin it was austin chronicle which basically begat a lot of those people beget south by southwest and he was talking about the early days the Austin Chronicle, and everything like that and he was he was saying that they really relied on speed you know mm-hmm. like the medicine speed you know like to get to mm-hmm. get up you know so again not in common with us but he's talking about one of the curious things about this is you're up all the time and you think you're productive but you're really not productive at all mm-hmm. and he's like you're so you're basically oh i'm so productive and meanwhile you're doing like you know a quarter of the average work and and two times the time is the, so, so that's where you feel here. That's at. kind of where I feel yeah. I am.
2: So that's kind of
1: where that's distractions. About, cause that distract they do distractions. That's why I'm uh, delegating as much work to Cameron as possible.
2: I thought you're delegating it to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, I'm the middleman at our company. You know, if someone tells me to do something, and I tell someone else to do it.
2: So. <laughs> you do that very well. Yes, exactly. I've. I
1: think the only reason I'm around is I'm using. It. So. And I also know how to edit the podcast.
2: That's true. That's true. I have okay. no idea.
1: All right. Let's get started. So this week, we're going to talk about the blow up at FTX. It's on everyone's mind.
2: Yes, it is.
1: Well, I don't know about
2: everyone, but everyone, certainly everyone in our business are talking about it. And I'm getting questions from people that you might not normally get these kinds of questions. So I think it's gone relatively mainstream, which is surprising in a way because of who's behind it. <laughs> You'd think it would have been buried by now.
1: Well, yes. What do you think? For me, there's, there's, you know, the CNBC version of the story, but obviously, there's also a political aspect of the story that isn't fully being explored, and which means we might never know the full
2: depths of it. I tend to think that's right. I don't. I think this goes much deeper. Uh, there's lots of of suggestions. I don't even want to say evidence because I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll preface all of this with I don't know you don't know most people don't know exactly what happens but the suspicions are pretty high that there was a whole lot more going on in this thing than meets the eye and not a whole lot meets the eye <laughs> so um we know there's a whole lot going on that most people don't know about i think that the the point that i would want to make on this is that on the on the surface which is probably really thin but on the surface it is, it is a tale that is told almost every time there's some sort of major crisis. Over leverage, stupid mistakes, turns into a potential Ponzi scheme where you know, robbing from Peter to pay Paul to try and cover up. I mean, it, and we dealt with see, this a few uh, last episode. We talked about just leverage, yeah, leverage large. being too too much. Now um, we know a little bit more about what's going on as more details are coming to light. A little, which is where to suggest a little, the little more is maybe you know, just the tip of the iceberg. It's, you know, I'm talking on the high level, thin surface of leverage and stupid mistakes. And, oh my gosh, I got to cover myself. And so you start turning into a fraud. Um That's so that's repeated so many times throughout history and almost every major, you know, financial markets debacle is centered around the use of leverage in bad ways. And this is no different. So, and I, and I think it's, really important to separate out crypto and blockchain more than ever. I mean, we've talked about separating it out from a whole lot of um, issues that have come up over the last, you know, couple of years or more, let's say, in the crypto world where we've said, well, you know, separate out crypto, just to even just basically separating out, separating out cryptocurrencies, per se, and tokens and blockchain, you know, or Bitcoin and blockchain. I mean, it's all you know, they use it, but the importance of there being a, uh, um, you know, there's a technology behind this. That's, that's super important. And there's use cases for it that are super important. Um, You know, cryptocurrency is one use of, of the blockchain technology. There, there can be many. And there, and, and so and and getting caught up in all of the regulation need need for regulation and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it starts, you get to where you're losing in the fog of war, you're losing the whole, you know, the perennial can't see the forest through the trees kind of thing. This is, I think this takes this to a whole nother level on that, in that realm. And that this is not about crypto. It's not about blockchain. This is just plain old fashioned at best stupidity, maybe, um, you know, underhandedness and likely, <laughs> likely, likely not. And Whenever you're talking about yeah.
1: at best stupidity, you're never
2: in a good place. No. When when stupid is the best, the most charitable option. I think that's the most charitable option that we can get on this. And then, and then when you start going down the rabbit hole of conspiracy, um, you know, there are a whole lot of things that are unanswered questions. Well, well, such w- as? W- well, you know, the people who are, who are backing this and the people, you know, the fact that there was a, uh, you know, it's it's well known, for example, that the Ukrainian government had a, a lot of money at FTX and the Ukrainian government is getting funded by taxpayer money. I mean, those are questions and legitimate ones that need to be asked. And I don't know that they're ever going to get asked in the right setting or certainly I don't expect they'll ever even get answered. But not going down that rabbit hole, the purpose for now is making sure that we separate out crypto and blockchain from what's going on with FTX. I mean, in many ways, whether it's FTX or Voyager or or, are these high, you know, uh, was it BlockFi now, you know, these high profile, you know, failures, I guess Genesis is potentially going to, you know, go BK Um, in a lot of ways. And and this is something we've struggled with because we're big believers in, in both cryptocurrency and blockchain technology as use cases in the future um decentralization but it's i think it's important to put these things um, in the pers- in perspective and recognize that in many ways these all of these entities are oxymoronic as it relates to decentralization they were centralizing authorities if you will or centralizing mechanisms um, and and for, from our perspective, for being fans of the technology and fans of the use case of crypto and tokens for various blockchain-related activities, uh, it's I, I think it's important to um, look at these, and, and look at this from a lot of different ways. And 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 I guess what, what, where I'm trying to go with this is that I don't think there's clear-cut answers yet on how this should properly be. Uh, regulated, I think there. I think some sensible rules of the road need to exist. I, this whole, there's a whole nother question out there that's been ongoing. You know, are all these token offerings and currency offerings securities or not? I mean, I tend to think that they're, they're definitely different than your typical capitalization of of a company that's equity and and debt and, and all of that, and and has it has been traditionally the way business gets financed. There's differences when you're talking about these utility tokens. Is there investment characteristics to it? Yes, but there's also the utility token aspect of it, which is different. It's like the product is the investment, as we've talked about. So how you regulate that, how you, you know, I I think one good possible outcome from this is will we get to reforming or at least updating these archaic securities laws that have been existing since the 30s and 40s? and probably and are in, in need of, of, of updating. I, I don't know if we're going to get there, but that would be something that might be a start. But more specifically, where, where we're all sort of on the fence on this is we, we believe in the, in the technology and in the, in the concept of it all. Um, we're not sure how centralization and decentralization lives together because in some, in some ways, in order to have institutionalization, and I mean that in a positive way, I've spent many, uh, a lot of time talking about the negatives of institutionalization of certain things, you know, the market, as soon as institutions grab onto something, then it becomes this wild trading mechanism and it's wild and nutty and volatile and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, in order to get broad adoption of these, of this technology and these use cases, these, these, you know, the, the, the uses of these things, there does need to be some semblance of adoption by way of institutionalization. And so how does that look in what seems like an oxymoronic? You have centralization kind of by definition in order to get institutionalization, but then do you lose the decentralization aspect of it? And I would challenge, and we were talking about this as a matter of fact today in our research, that this is a little bit similar, in my opinion, to what we've been talking about as far as market you know, the market versus investment in businesses. The market has become the focal point and is overemphasized, you know, gaming the market, playing the market, trading the market versus making investments in businesses. I, I find myself coming back to, the, to this, you know, this issue uh, so many times and trying to explain what I think ultimately needs to happen. And this, this debacle is a similar example of that. The focus has been on the market mechanism or on exchanges, right? It, 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 can you not have an exchange as a means to be able to match buyer and seller? And the, maybe the process or the interface becomes
1: the investment in a way? Well, not even I mean, an investment, like a trading tool. Well,
2: the, the, the trading tool should just be a mechanism to be able to, you know, value these, these entities, if you will. Um, tokens currencies whatever but what they're being used for to the extent that they have they are decentralizing some task all right and we've used the example and uh, i think we've used the example but one of our companies otoy which has developed the render network the whole point of that is it is to bring together a a pool if you will of gpus around the world on various different devices. It could be my iPhone. It could be your iPhone. It could be my iPad. It could be your iPad. Um, it could be Amazon <laughs> web services and the GPUs that they have available there as nodes in a network that's literally dispersed and decentralized throughout the world. Like the
1: Hubble telescope or something like that used to be. I think that was the thing. Well, so
2: that no one going down yeah. causes the whole thing to go down. And in fact, that's decentralization. So therein, there's a difference between... The centralizing aspect of an exchange, allowing you to be able to transact in dollars for render tokens and render tokens for dollars and vice versa. And the render token having smart contract capabilities attached to it. And I won't get into it. It's very complicated in many ways, which is why it requires some level of of programming in that in that whole crypto token world that 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 the render token lives in and but point being is that that's just a mechanism to be able to allow for a decentralized network of GPUs out there in the world and there's umpteen and i mean you know almost you can make an argument for an infinite use cases where the mechanism to be able to allow you to transact in those things that can have some level of centralization perhaps if you will or Or a a meeting area, like an exchange where transactions take place. Think New York Stock Exchange, okay? In the day when, back in a day when people transacted in stocks and then the stock certificates were re-registered and sent to you and you held on to them yourself, or you you kind of like a a crypto wallet, or you put them in your your safe or whatever. Um, Maybe even a safe deposit box at a bank, lo and behold, right? So are we... Uh, you you know, you you have to kind of stay with me to 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 keep connected with where i'm going with this so you know are we maybe at a point where we're overemphasizing the structure the mechanism that allows this to happen and and missing the forest through the trees as to what use cases are available that in themselves are decentralized so would you the ra- point being is would you rather have access to millions and millions of gpus around the world via a network that that connects those in a in a peer-to-peer way, if you will, versus one entity in the world that has all the GPUs centralized in its data centers, has complete control over those GPUs, and that's the only way you get access to to GPUs. Why is GPUs, graphics processor units, things that allow you to, to, you know, do rendering of computer graphics, imagery, and what have you. So,
1: yeah, I think you're directing me towards option one, Correct. you want one, you want well, one yeah because, because you know
2: it it, it it doesn't leave any one entity in complete control of that particular um, it's less fragile product if you will yeah And so bottlenecks fragile, fragility fraud I mean all these all things. all those things that, that can come when there's a, there's centralized control. Um, the the comment the, the, the concept of Bitcoin in and of itself was there's no central bank that's controlling things. It's just literally the market. When bitcoins are needed to transact, then miners go to work and prove a transaction between two entities. And then once it's proven or you know verified, then you know the, the, it goes on the chain and it's forever on the chain. And those bitcoins are created. And so, well, on, on that note, though, what
1: Bitcoin in in a way is anti anti leverage inherently. Because you're not even supposed to be, it's not, it's not, it's supposed to undercut the fractional or be an alternative to this fractional banking, which, and I mean, in a way, dollars are leveraged by nature.
2: So, so, I I mean, I guess what I'm, this is, and, and I can, I grant you that we're getting into the weeds here, but this is, I'm trying to make my point that all of what we're hearing right now about this nonsense going on with FTX and the like, horrible as it may end up being as far as, you know, everything from fraud to God forbid conspiracy um, misses the whole point of what the promise of blockchain and there and and, and the token tokenization of transacting mechanisms to allow you to be able to transact um, in, in whatever it is that you're that is decentralized. Did well, I, did I lose everybody? I might've, I don't know. Do you think, well, first of all, my eyes were glazed over at the beginning of this. Sure that's,
1: <laughs> they were, but, but that's because you're up on it. Exactly. But, but it sounds to me like what you're saying is that this was just, this was opportunism in a, in a way and it was going to happen. And the, and this is, this isn't a problem. Say so, at best. At, at best. Yes. At best. At best. At best. Uh, this is a problem with, humans and centralization and exchanges, not necessarily a problem with crypto inherently.
2: Well, and some would argue that it, 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 this gets, starts getting into the conspiracy things, but some are arguing that it actually was, you know, part of a process that was trying to sort of dethrone, you know, the whole crypto world and, and, um, you know, somehow bring a, you know, a global, you know, stable coin to market as a means to, to do that. And, I mean, I, I think that, that, that all may be true. We'll f- we may or may not find, I I kind of think we won't find out. Um,
1: In a yeah. way, I'm kind of surprised we're hearing as much about the story as we are because it don't, you don't have to go very deep before you get suspicious and think there's a
2: lot more going on. I think, it, I think that shows just how twisted this whole thing was, is that, you know, the powers that be, that stand to potentially, you know, be hurt because of the revelation of all this, even they who you know, have pretty significant control on media and what have you have been unable to, to flood, stem the tide, close the floodgates, if you will. So I, you know, I, I think reasonable people can sit, can sit back and say, yeah, there was probably some really ugly stuff going on beyond what we're even imagining in, in some ways. Um, there's just too many ties in the wrong directions that go very deep in all kinds of different, you know, uh, into different institutions—from government to corporate to underworld to whatever. Um, some would argue this. Government, all exactly, <laughs> government, corporate, underworld.
1: Yeah, so you're just—I <laughs> heard the same thing three
2: times. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I think that, you know we, we can. We can leave it at that as far as I, I think it's just very important to separate the two. And, that, and at the end of the day, what's happening with this is nothing, really nothing to do uh, with, with the, the crypto ecosystem and, and blockchain and, and what have you. That's, that's the message I would want to get out. All right. So. And that's from someone that still feels as though we're, we're waiting our way through this. I, we believe that it's a, it's a future benefit. But can't say for without a doubt how this is going to look 10 years from now. Although, let's just say the death of of Bitcoin and crypto is much, you know, overhyped. Yep.
1: Well, my my opinion, and I stole this from someone else, but if crypto could be killed, it would have been killed by now. That's, that's kind of what I keep coming back to. Not to say it Probably. hasn't been a very rough year.
2: Probably. And I, I would say that anybody who... Is reasonable, and again, I keep saying that because it just seems like we're faced with unreasonable people all over the place. But let's say reasonable people that don't have any kind of nefarious intentions that are in a position of regulation and, and are really trying to do it with good faith. Um, recognize that two things: one, there's all kinds of innovative things that can be done with with blockchain and crypto, and two. If they were to be too heavy-handed, it's just going to force it deeper underground. And, and you know, I have to laugh at the people that say, "Oh, this is all about mafia and you know illegal dealings and what have you." Yeah, as if the mafia and, and the the nefarious the, the folks in the world aren't using dollars all the yes, exactly. to do that. I mean, in laundering dollars and in um, in many different ways. Nothing stopped though. Yes, so, exactly.
1: Well, now, and yeah, it's it's like, yeah, now with this crypto, now the mafia can start doing business. Exactly. Now, they couldn't um, do it before. Exactly. They were completely handcuffed before crypto, but now.
2: Right. All right.
1: Well, with uh, the underground mafia, the government, we'll uh, leave it there. So, good. I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. Catch us at taylorforgone.com. Please also look us up on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a review, five stars only. And we'll see you next week on the Long Only Podcast.